and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Lucky are you guys that you get two back-to-back bonus episodes. This is another bonus episode. I already explained the bonus episodes in the previous bonus episode recording and how they work. Again, I had another guest whose interview really couldn't wait because it's so powerful. She had me on her show and it was absolutely incredible. Her name is Shazia. And if you've just joined us, my name is Vanille Makwakwa. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. And I am also the author of Heart, Mind, and Money, Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success. So thank you so much, Shazia, for joining us and for coming on the Money Magic Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited today to talk about money. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And I love chatting with you after having you um, on Feminine and Fulfilled. I just, we chatted for so long, even after the interview. So I'm just excited to chat again. And I guess everybody else gets to watch and listen. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it could be about money. It could be about trauma. This podcast takes all sorts of angles And I love that. I love that for this podcast and for us and for the listeners. So who are you? Please tell us who are you as a human being? What are your hobbies? And then tell us what you do. (laughs) Sure. So my name is Shazia Imam. I am the daughter of two very doting, proud Indian parents. I was born and raised in the United States. And um, I 
like to think of myself as a rebel. I'm a rebel, rebel maverick. I don't like following any rules. Um, even when I was really little, my poor mom, she used to tell me to put on my seatbelt. And as a toddler, I was like, no, I don't want to wear it, you know, as this little girl. And she'd be like, but you have to wear it. And I'd be in the back seat taking off my seatbelt. <laughs> like, trying to like keep me safe and so that just gives you a sense of who I am and my parents were um, really lovely in allowing me to be independent they raised me to be very independent my dad was a feminist before I think that was even a term um, my mom the same way and they've just given me a lot of space to really flourish and so now my hobbies and my interests are really watching and supporting and um creating outlets for other women to really thrive and succeed. I've been able to have a lot of success in my life, despite circumstances, you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, and even with circumstances that I imagine that every listener right now has had, I believe that women get to have success and especially women of color, especially minority women, especially those of us who have not had the same opportunities and have been conditioned and told that we have to live a certain way. My biggest goal in life is to create this revolution that we get to succeed, whatever that means to you. So I love that. And that is literally, if you ask me my hobby, it's that. I also love to swim and dance and I love potty humor. So um, I'll keep it clean today, but if anybody ever uses any potty humor, I will be the first one laughing. Oh, I love that. Um, tell us about Feminine and Fulfilled. How did you come to do that and why did you start it? I love that podcast. So guys, she, uh, Shazia has some, pod she has this incredible podcast and in some podcast episodes, she just goes and she talks about these really, really fascinating topics. Um, yeah, so I love that. And these are the podcasts that she, the podcast episodes that I do enjoy the most are actually where she's talking on her own. Um, more than the guests, where she, I love the guest episodes. Obviously, this is why I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think people know what I'm trying to say here. Yes, yes. Your episode was fantastic, by the way. It's a must, must, must listen. Thank you. <laughs> so why did you start this podcast? You know, I started this podcast. So what I do is I am a life coach. I'm a certified life coach. I've been doing this for years now. I was an engineer by trade uh, prior to that. So I've had this journey of really coming into my power. And my power, though, is a feminine power. Let's just put a name to it because power has a lot of charge when we use that word. I used to think power meant um, aggressive and railroading over people. And I just imagined like a narcissistic man. That's what I used to think. And as I went on my own journey and realized I have this feminine power, I started to discover something I always innately had. It was a power around um, collaboration, connection, natural power that could just show up, not because I have to be the loudest in the room, but I could be the most poignant in the room. Mm. There, there can be like a quietness, there can be a stillness and just as much power as a person who's like clawing and clamoring their way to be seen. Mm. And 
And I started to dive more into the feminine and the whole paradigm of the feminine. I'd never known that as a young woman. Yes, feminism was talked about, but feminism was so much about let's swing the pendulum to be like a man so we can make our way in society. And the feminine to me was really coming back home to who, to who I am, to who so many of us are. And so when I, I received this download or this inspiration to have a podcast, because it really was, it, it was just this very divine inspiration that came. And even I was like, wait, did somebody whisper to me, like start a podcast? And, you know, I'm not one of those people. I, I won't <laughs> say I have lots of inspirations. I, now I understand I do, but yeah. I trusted it. I just trusted it. And I started it. I went on the journey to start mm -hmm. it. And I just knew that I was going to create something to just share, to use my voice. And I went for it and I called it feminine and fulfilled after iteration and iteration and iteration of like, what should I call it? What should I call this podcast? And um, it just, to me, encompassed like what I've created in life and what I want for others and what I continue to yearn for, right? I can feel fulfilled one day and then the next day, maybe not so much. And so it is this journey. So the feminine and fulfilled felt very encompassing. And four years, almost four years later, we're still going strong. And I've met the most incredible women like you. And um, I've shared so much to I bared my soul. There's nothing left to say. Like everybody That's always knows more because you're always expanding. <laughs> Um, I listened to the podcast where you also had your husband on the podcast. That was very, very interesting as well. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> this is so much fun. So how did you come to life coaching and to do the work that you do? Uh, because you were already a rebel. How do you go from engineering to life coaching? What takes you on this path? Life, of course, takes you on a path. We're living our life and then the divine has something bigger planned. So I was definitely following a very traditional life of get the good degree, get the good job, you know, checking off the boxes, get married, have kids, following this very like structured, okay, if I do this and then this and then this and this, this, then I'll get all these gold stars. And at the end, somebody's going to give me an A plus. And oh yeah, that, okay. right. Do you know that journey? I don't know. I, I know definitely for those of us with Indian parents, that is the journey. <laughs> and there is an, only an A plus expectation. <laughs> you can't get any less. So wow. I was following I, this path. I, I tried that journey, but I kind of like I feel like halfway through I flunked and I wasn't like a um, straight A student throughout school all that like I was just a challenged child so mm -hmm. I feel like I always tell people I disappointed my parents already by grade eight when I became grade nine when I started running away from home and then by grade yeah grade 10 I lived in a brothel house for a while I ran away from home I think like after that there was just hopes were very low for me as I tell people that <laughs> The best thing you can do is disappoint your parents often and early, as often as possible. <laughs> like literally, they were just 
very few expectations. So when I hear people say that there were these things that parents would say, my parents would just be like, please just finish high school. <laughs> <laughs> please just stay in your room. Like, please just don't live somewhere else. <laughs> right? just, as long as she finishes high school and as <laughs> long as she maybe gets into your university, great. <laughs> Yes. Well, I gave my parents a lot of heartache. I won't go into all of that, but my poor dad, like having to like come to the police station to pick me up, like, yes, that's, oh I won't God. even get into that because that's a whole different story, <laughs> but I did very well in school. So <laughs> that, that is the one thing that I did um, besides the heartache that I gave my parents um, in my teen years, I was pretty rebellious, but <laughs> I followed up until my adult life, I did follow this journey that I think a lot of women are on. Like you think that you're doing something to get this report card. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I also got a big F in life. And mm -hmm. I gave myself that F. So what happened to me is I'm, I'm following this whole thing to have the white picket fence dream that is, mm -hmm. you know, the quintessential American dream. I found myself at this place in my life where everything had unraveled. We lost our son, oh. our, my marriage with my husband ended after that. And we found ourselves, not we, it was I, I was alone. I found myself alone. I found myself alone. And I'll tell you this moment I had um, where I was driving my car and I just remember like, I was driving and I was just so numb because here I am pretending I still have this life together, but I'm secretly alone. And I was so ashamed. And I remember driving and just wishing that a car would come hit me and that I would die. I wish that I would die because to me, to, to be alone at, you know, in my thirties, felt like such failure like that's how much I that's how much emphasis I had put on this white picket fence dream yeah. that actually being alone like being a divorcee felt more painful than losing my child like like the gravity of that of the conditioning Oh, wow. That that devastation ran so deep that I thought my life was worth more if I wasn't in this world than to be in this world as a failure. And mm -hmm. that life like, is not through the same circumstances, but someone as someone who has struggled with who struggled with depression and suicide uh, ideation it. I understand like what it feels like when you just want it all to end. And I remember reading on Instagram that someone said, for people that are in that situation, it's often not that we're in that situation because you wanted your life to end, but you wanted life as you knew it then to end. You know, mm -hmm. and that resonated with me so much that actually that's it. Once that started to shift. I no longer wanted my life to end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I had to come to that. That resonates so much. And I had to come to that moment. And sometimes we have to hit that rock bottom to then really ask ourselves, okay, well, now what? Because mm -hmm. yes, could my life end? I mean, I, I wasn't going to take it because of my 
religious beliefs, you know, and mm -hmm. at the same time, I was wishing it would happen. So that's just as bad in many ways because I'm not li actually living. Yeah. And I did have a choice to make, like this was my life and I had to accept it. And that for me was the greatest lesson was the acceptance and the letting go, the letting go of what mm -hmm. I thought my life was supposed to be and actually accepting that this is my life. And the big question in front of me is when I take away the children and the husband and the degrees and the job and I, I, you strip away all of these things on the outside that we're working for the money all of the things the question I was left with is what is what does it mean to be alone with myself like who am I the, this wow. is the question that was really underneath and I and the question of what do I even want? I, I had no answers to these questions because there had always been something to strive for, to achieve, to, to, to get that I had lost myself. I had lost myself in the process. And here I was, and the divine was saying, I'm going to take everything from you so that you find you again. And that... Mm -hmm. That is the journey that I then went on that took me to coaching and what had what had always been waiting for me, but I just kept pushing it away because I always felt a lack in my life, even when I had those things, even when I was checking off the boxes, there was this level of unfulfillment. Like I always was like, why don't I feel good at the end of the day? Like what what's missing? Like, should yeah. I get my MBA? Should I do this? Should I do that? And my always, it was always, well, what should I do? And my journey had to be about my being and who am mm. I? Oh, there's so much there that I want to go back to, but I'm going to start with what you've just said about my journey was about my being, because what you've just said is that I see a lot of us keep thinking it's I need to go do this. I need to do this. I need that next qualification, that next thing. I need to keep doing and doing and mm -hmm. doing. And yet when we are being, it's such a different process. So can you just explain to us what you mean by being? Because I realize that many people don't understand what it means to just be. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, that I could not have understood at that time either. I just didn't. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I only knew doing. So we've been conditioned to do. We've been conditioned to achieve. And especially in the Western world, I mean, that's what is rewarded. So mm -hmm. it's easy to do things, you know, it, rather than being. So when I think about being, what is different for me now is that when I feel a certain way, because it's not as though I still don't have heavy feelings, I, I still do. So I mean, I, I'm a very deeply feeling person that that's never going to go away. But yep. I've accepted that before I'll give a really good example. Before when I would wake up and I would feel sad, I mm -hmm. would be like, okay, well, why? Why do I feel sad? Okay, it must be because, oh, it's some of that time of the month. And oh, I didn't exercise and I didn't do this. And I did, okay, so mm -hmm. let me do, 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 do. Let me do something because I have to fix being sad because there's something wrong with sad. Yes. Okay, yes. right? Yes. Like, so now 
I'm doing to not feel something. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, when we talk about the being, being sad is a state. It's just a state. It's a part of the way that we feel and we emote. And I, I want to just say something because I know somebody's thinking this because I used to believe this. Feeling these feelings doesn't make you crazy. And I used to worry about that. I didn't want to be like this emotional, out of control, like crazy person. I used to imagine like, you know, I I used to imagine this like woman, you know, the women who wear those boho dresses and they like spin in circles in the field and they're like, you know, all hippy dippy. I like had a lot of judgment about women like that, right? Because... Those are my own judgments. And I didn't want to be that person. Oh, wow. So I'm trying to, I was also trying to control who I was. So now coming back to today, I've let go of the judgment of a woman like that. She's just free and that's who she is. And I am also free. I am also free that when I wake up and I feel sad, oh, I feel sad today. I can be with it. I don't have to explain it away. I don't have to make it go away. And I also just understand that I can sit with it and it's not comfortable. I love that. Yes. Yeah. But it's also okay. It's okay. It's It's okay to feel what you're feeling and to Mm -hmm. be where you are. I think that's what being is, is in essence, right? It's like allowing yourself to feel and be and to have the thoughts that you're having in that moment allowing yourself to exist that is the definition of being where so many of us are trying to erase our essence of existing you know we're like living like this is wrong I should be this kind of person this is what existing really is and it's like no it's not though no, it's yeah. not. And, you know, what, what I would say is, you know, when people go on this personal growth journey or this journey to improve and we're on this journey to like be better, the real destination is not changing who you are. It's becoming who you are. The more you are who you are, that is actually, that's the secret. Like this is, if one thing can land today, it's, be who you are your journey is just to be more of who you are and the more you accept yourself the more you be yourself the more you just you just be period just be yeah. not be this not be that not be not another just yeah. be i love that you know i just love love that because actually that's the thing most of us you know i always why i started having that question of like tell us who you are as a human and how you define yourself as a human being is because I realized that most people define themselves by what they do, which is still in the doing versus in the being. Who, how do you define yourself as the soul on this journey of life? Yes. So I think exactly what you said, when all these things are stripped away, who do you become, right? And which leads me to my which leads me to my next question around what you said about things started to change for you that there was a sense of peace that came upon you when you accepted that 
this is your life, not life as it should be. I find that, like, I define that as surrender and acceptance. I find that when I stop fighting what is and start accepting what is, only then can I find the gifts and can I see the miracle of divinity in that moment. So what has been your journey in surrender and acceptance? What are some of the gifts that you've gotten from that? For me, there's been so many. The first and the biggest thing is that my life has become bigger than I could have ever imagined, ever. I got everything that I had wanted back then and so much more. And that that has been such a lesson to me. So the the thing I always think about, and we can all do this exercise as you're listening, Mm -hmm. is just imagine like clenching your fists like just mm-hmm. to clench them, like tight, 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 tight. Like, like mm-hmm. feel like this is how we hold on to the world. This is how we try to control. Okay? Yes. For anybody who's controlling, and trust me, if you're still listening, I know you're controlling. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, me. I do that with everything, <laughs> with relationships, with money, with everything. Like, And I still try to do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best you can do. You know how I still do that in life? With Airbnbs, because I'm constantly, this sounds bizarre, because I'm constantly traveling, right? Like, I'm highly unlikely to be in the same location, in the same house, in the next three months, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been like that for most of my adult life. So what have I been starting to do recently? I'm like, oh, every Airbnb I go to is so gorgeous. I'm like, I don't want to leave this place. So I want to hold on to it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I shouldn't move on to the next venue. Forgetting that, like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I love traveling, but I almost want to transport the Airbnb with me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't grow attached to it. And you know what I've noticed recently? I'm like, but I'm like that with every Airbnb. So every new place I find myself, regardless of the country, it's better than the one before. But before I move on, I always have this belief that it can't mm. get get better than this yeah there's no way it will get better than this what is that about so I yes. oh my gosh I used to do this with relationships so I was telling a friend about this I'm like I did this with men with relationships I would mm. take forever to leave even though my spirit is like you've gotten what you guys both need from this so you yes. can leave and I'd be like no, there'll never be a better relationship in my life. I'll never find someone better who gets me like this. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I'm, I'm clenching so tight still. So if anybody's still doing it, stay with us. Keep holding because it's going to make sense. I did the same thing in my first marriage too. And it wasn't even a good one. It was, that's the thing. And I still held on this tight. So when you're holding on to whatever it is, right? Whether it's the place you're in now, that might be amazing or the place that isn't amazing, that place you're in, when we're holding on tight, just feel the pressure, like it feels uncomfortable, but it's what we know, like at least we know this, but if you just let go, oh. right? Like look at the the action of your hands, right? First of all, ooh, gosh, okay, the blood's coming back. I held it real tight that long. <laughs> Even the motion of your hands when you open up your fists, you can receive, you can receive the abundance from the divine, you can receive what is out there. 
And this energy is what I had to shift. I had to move from that holding so tight, thinking like this is all I have ready for my life to end because it couldn't work in my fist tight place. And as soon as I opened up and I said, I just let go. Then the divine said, thank you, Shazia. Like now I can come in. Let me show you what's waiting for you. Let me show you what's actually available to you. And that action allows you to receive. When you accept, you can then receive. You can let go. You can breathe. Physically, I wanted everybody to do this exercise so you could feel the physically how you may be living energetically because I was. And then I got, I ended up getting, you know, the happy ending for the things is that I did end up meeting my soulmate, that episode that you listened to. I mean, we share a lot of things on there that <laughs> I hope my mom didn't now listen to. You have to. to go listen to it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> We moved into the home with the picket fence that I'd always dreamed of. You know, I, I have the money and I'm living a purpose-filled life and I'm, I'm having all of the things, but what makes it so lovely and fulfilled is that with or without those things, when I look in the mirror every day and I look mm -hmm. at myself, I love who I see on the other side. Like I love seeing me and oh. that is well like literally I'll look in the mirror you know smile you know do a little you know <laughs> shimmy shimmy to myself and it's just this very genuine place and it's not because I'm perfect I am a perfectionist but I'm not perfect and I never will be and I've accepted that about myself mm -hmm. I've accepted my life today in this moment and the more that I accept the more I let go it's like more things keep coming in. And I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, isn't it enough? And it's like, no, there's no limit. And now I can receive that. Yeah. But only as I continue to allow myself to receive. Oh, that is so, so powerful. I, um, in a previous episode, I, with the guests, we also shared like how for me, how that looked like was I, I kind of like had this epiphany one day when I started on this journey, I was like, oh my God, I need to have everything. So I'm gonna like do vision boards and visions, all these things. And then one day it was just like, my life is so, I am building the life that I think I should have, even with all these vision boards and all these affirmations, yeah. et cetera. This is the life that I feel like source could give me and the things that and like honestly it's not something that I could have envisioned I always thought oh I would travel and maybe live in a country for five years and then like get a job there and then move and everything and spirit was like no sis you can do like seven eight countries in a year and just keep it moving and there's no limit you can decide today wake up and say oh I want a beach view and then go and have and go live there for a while and then decide oh I miss the mountains which is literally what I've done in the last two months I'm like one at the ocean I miss the mountains and I was like I didn't know that that was possible but I think I had to almost 
surrender and do the exact same thing that this is what I want. This is, these are the designs that are coming through me, but this is my life. Can I just be led, you know, and to then work through my trust issues with the divine and just like, yes if that makes sense yes oh my gosh I have to say this one thing because the the trust issues with the divine I definitely had them for sure I used to believe that my relationship was transactional so if Mm. I was good I would get good things and when bad things happened it was an expiation of my sins and I should be patient and this is happening because maybe back then I did something wrong going back to my teen years and so now I'm I'm paying for those and it was so strange because our relationship with the divine isn't transactional at all no matter your faith system I'm Muslim you know so for me like Actually, I hadn't even been taught that, but I had absorbed it somewhere. I had absorbed it somewhere that you do this, so you get that. And when I finally actually came to the spirituality of my own faith, I realized that there's no transaction. Our role in this world is literally to be. We were in this world to be, and the divine wants to give me all of the most amazing things. And I just get to receive that and not, I don't get things because I'm good or bad. I get things because I exist. I exist. It's not. I wasn't raised religious. Um, My dad wasn't any kind of religion. He was more Confucianist. Like he read Mm. a book in varsity and it was all about Confucianism and he loved that. And so he was very chilled about religion. My dad is not at all religious. Anyone that knows my dad knows this, like church is not, has, was not our vibe growing up. And my mom too, she was all about African spirituality. So when I grew up, I chose Buddhism as my faith, you know, so mm-hmm. I started meditating and I've been more on the Buddhist path. And, but just like you, my relationship with the divine I did have three years in Catholic boarding school. So that influenced me a lot more. I'm only realizing how deeply it influenced me now. But even without that religious upbringing, just like with you, I still had that. If I'm good, the universe will give me. That's when I will get. If I'm not, then I won't. But I also, and this is where my work on the God wound comes from. Like I coined the term the God wound and I do Mm. a lot of people on that. And it's around that, that like belief that somehow to receive from the divine, we need to do so much. So if I want to be supported on a major dream, I need to do something so major that the divine will applaud and say, oh my gosh, Vanille, now you are deserving finally. But then the conundrum was, I never knew how much was enough for me to start receiving, to allow myself to receive. Yes. So it's yes. like, at that point, and then I realized that I was doing good, not because I wanted to do good or because I believed it was good, but because I'm trying to impress the divine, you know? And when things weren't coming, then I get so angry. Why is it that I am this good person? I do so much good in the world and yet, I get nothing in return. 
Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I resonate with this so much because there, you know, for me, the God wound, I love that you call it that because for me, the God wound was very um, masculine or like a parental periocal figure. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, like a, it's so funny. This Catholic conditioning, I think comes up a lot because I, I don't even have it, but I feel like there's some schoolmaster that was my God wound. So you know, for it's me, very it was true, but I think, don't we live in a society that reinforces that though? Because I also, I, when sure. I thought about it, sorry to chip in on here on this, but yeah. like when I thought about it, I realized it comes from schooling, it comes from uh, parenting as well. It's that when you did good, oh, you're a good girl, you got an A, here, this is what you get. So mm -hmm. every time I did good, I was rewarded. When you do good at school, you get a gold star, you're rewarded, you get prize giving, all that. So I associated doing good with receiving something good, you know? 100%. So then I was just like, I remember when that hit me and I was just like, oh my gosh. So the times when I was receiving big things is because I'd done all these awesome things. So when I would pass or do really well, then like my parents would do something awesome as a reward. This is just rewarding me for existing. So yes. it's programmed into me that I have to do them. If I want to receive something big, I have to do something big. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that, I, I mean, my whole life was waiting for that gold star. It was uh, like, everything was like that. And what really shifted for me when I went on this journey with myself, like to really discover myself is my journey with the divine completely shifted. And I started seeing, I started seeing the divine as my friend. And I'll tell you something, this is, I don't tell a lot of people this, but <laughs> I used to lie in my bed at night or in the morning or whenever. And I would sing songs. I would sing songs to the divine. So I would say, you know, and I say Allah, I'm, I'm Muslim. So I would yeah. say, oh Allah, I love you. You're my best friend. Thank you for everything. Like, and it, I'm, I don't, I'm not a good singer. I'm not, you know, like that's not actually my nature but it was like, like so tender, like, I felt and I still feel like Allah is my best friend you know like like, oh, like always listening and just like that tenderness of like you know when a when a little kid like when they hold your hand and they just say something so sweet yeah. like I could I could finally absorb that maybe parent child and I don't feel like it's a parent child I just feel like it's a friend like we're just friends like I I can't explain it but if I can sing to anyone I would never sing to anyone like that but I feel like I I have that relationship and that tenderness and that um vulnerability to just show up like that and I would just feel like Allah was listening to me and just holding me and I would just sing and it was this mo these moments of like gratitude and love and just joy, just that's pure joy, you know? And, and that's where I feel like the magic came of letting go, the mm. surrender, coming back into joy and fulfillment. It's not doing something, but it's in those moments. 
that opened up so many things. So sometimes I still sing. <laughs> I still do it. Um, I love that. I love that you yeah. said that because it's something I was even just thinking this morning that I noticed that the more I heal this wound with the divine and the more that I trust that being me is enough, that like my own divinity is enough, that I don't have to be anything more and that I am held, I'm loved by divinity. Yes. The more I notice that I trust life, the, the less I stress and the more I start receiving and the more I expect that I will receive, you know, that the things that I want will come to me with ease. So I think that is so, so profound. Yes. Wow. And it's magic. I mean, and now I just say, I just believe in magic. I just do. There's no yeah. other explanation. And, and yeah. I always tell people when people are skeptical of like, oh, that's so weird or so woo woo. I'm like, you believe you have so much faith in a being that you cannot see because yeah. most of the world believes in a higher being. If you believe so strongly in a being that doesn't exist, how can you not believe that the divine can absolutely create any magic. We have no idea what's happening in the unseen. Yeah. Our naked eye is so limited. It's so limited. And when we tap into real faith of magic and miracles, mm. that's not something weird. It is, yeah. it, is the, it is the actual reality. That yeah. is the actual reality. Oh, I love that you've said that. And speaking of receiving and reality, um, can you tell us how, as you started healing this relationship and you started healing yourself and accepting things and surrendering, how did your relationship with money start to change? You know, my relationship with money drastically changed that fist energy, that holding on tight. Oh, girl, like I had it on lock with money. And I did well. I did well in that way. Yeah. Um, so up until that point, I was very financially set. You know, mm -hmm. my financial journey has been very like good, quote unquote. But mm -hmm. my relationship with money changed because I started to trust the flow of currency. Mm -hmm. And one thing um, that I learned from somebody that really stood out to me is that currency is a current. And when you think about a current, it needs to flow. Mm. Or money would come in and I did all the things. I saved for retirement. I bought property. I saved here. Mm. I did this. I was very like prudent on where I spent things. And it was very, it was very tight fisted. Yes. But when I realized, okay, money pure is purely an exchange right the uh, yes. it's it gets to be in a current it gets to be in a flow i started investing in things before i had the money i started investing in things that um i'll yes. give you one very specific example there was a woman when i was doing my coaching training she was one of the yes. teachers and I, I just really connected with her. She was this older woman and she had silver short hair and these piercing hazel eyes. And she was tall and very skinny. And I remember her just like piercing me. Like there was something about her that I could tell she was living her truth. Yeah. And she had done that. And there, I was just so enamored by her. And so she's teaching the class and she's amazing. And at the end of the class, I said, 
LA, her name's LA. I mm-hmm. said, what's your advice for me? And she said, I want you to go. She like, she turns to me and she's like, I want you to go to leadership. And I like looked at her and I said, yes. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was saying yesterday. I just said yes, because I trusted her. I've done that so often, don't worry. Like, so I resonate with that where I'm like, I often don't even ask the price. I'm just like, yeah, of course, it doesn't matter. And in my soul, I know it doesn't matter what the price of this thing is. If it resonates with my soul, I'm in. This is how I've always, this is how I started to live. And I think this is the secret to how I'm able to travel continuously because I just know yes. that, that I'm supported. <laughs> yes. Well, back then I was not that person. Back then I was the person who researched everything. I had to really ask a hundred people, what do you think? Should I do this? I would do this oh, for like wow. things that were very low priced. I mean, my friend told a really embarrassing story. She's like, Shazia used to be the person who would return a piece of paper to the store. Okay. I might do this. It was from one of those art stores. So I returned the cardstock that I didn't need. And I told her, I said, but I don't need it. So I'm just going to return it. She's like, Shazia, it's a piece of paper. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so I'm giving you context, okay? So here I am saying yes, okay? Saying yes to this woman. So I get home and I, I look at the program, okay? And the program is 10 months away in the mountains of North Carolina. Mm. And it's this leadership program. And it was $13,900. Wow. And I'm sure you were like, had you ever spent that much money on yourself before? Never, never. I just told you my most embarrassing returning a piece of paper story. Okay. Yes. Oh gosh. How could I forget that? And I mean, I know what it's like when you're thinking of making that kind of investment and you've never invested that much in yourself. Yes, totally. And I could have said, no, she didn't make me sign anything, do anything. She just said, you're going to go. And I said, yes, here's the thing. That moment I could have decided, well, let me do some more research. I could have said, no, I could have said, that's too much. That's not prudent. That's not a prudent decision, right? I, there were many ways for me to have a way out, a back door, but I decided to stay with the promise I made because when I said yes to her, I made a promise to her energetically and I made the promise to myself. Oh, I teach a lot about that, but keep going because we're going to talk just a little bit on that breaking promises to yourself. And when you say yes to something and then you don't follow through with it, the energy that that sends out to the universe. Totally. So I said, I said yes to her and I'm a woman of my word. I am. That is one thing. I learned that from my mother. So I said, okay. And I signed up. Did I have, and this was in the midst of my divorce. I don't have $14,000 lying around. I'm getting divorced. Like there's a lot of moving parts, but I trusted. And the short end to the story is that that program changed my life. It changed my life. And I would pay $14 million for that today. I would pay whatever for it today because it was exactly in that moment that had the divine had sent through her to me to say this and the decision and for me to make the bold decision to keep going and then to show up and to do it. Like all of these things led to who I am today. Yes. And that, of course, now I invest and I do all the things, but it was that catalyst moment to say, 
will I trust money to come? Yep. Because money was the one resource I held on to really tight. And did I trust yeah. that there was something for me on the other side? Mm. And there was. And the money came, as it always does. It, it's a, as it always does. It always does. But I think most of us, we're saying as it always does, I think most of us get stuck in that of, will the money come? And so we don't make that leap. But no, I resonate with that. And I wanted to touch on what you've just said around um, the same yes. I teach a lot about that. I have a class called Divorcing the Spirit of Debt, right? And one of the things that I teach in that class is that one of the ways that we create debt unknowingly is through our words and our thoughts, like not our thoughts so much, but through our words. So when we say yes to something and then we don't honor that, we have now created a debt in the universe, you know, that was never. So now we've like created this vacuum where we are are suddenly, sorry, I'm just going to change my lighting a little bit, guys, like having lighting drama because my lighting mm-hmm. is too bright. <laughs> it's so a real thing. The... That's a real thing. It is a real thing. Hey, oh, they... now it's too dark. Oh, this camera takes a while, guys, to tune in because sunsets are happening in the Cape, all that. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we create debt unknowingly in the universe because we're saying yes to something. And because you've said yes to something, the universe is waiting for you to honor your yes. So because the yes is unhonored, that that action or whatever, the debt has to be taken from somewhere. For most of us, it will come out of our bank accounts. You know, so most people are like, oh my gosh, why do I have so much debt? One of the first things I literally teach to people who are heavily debt, and this is how I came to do this, was also with myself when I was $60,000 in debt and how I was able to pay off $60,000 in about three and a half to four years was this, was I literally was like, one of the first things I'm going to start becoming is impeccable, impeccable with my word, you know, like- Oh, Yes. If I'm not going to do something or I even doubt something will be done, I say no. So if I see a program and I'm like, oh, do I want to be in? I just don't even say yes and then don't show up. I just say no, right? Because if something changes, that's great. But that was literally one. It was a small but profound action. And it was one of those things that just popped into me one day. I was like, I am heavily in debt because I'm creating debt energetically through my words. So I need to stop doing that. So I need to stop saying I'm going to do something and then not follow through with it. Because I used to be the kind of person that would be like, you invite me to a party, I'll say yes. And I just don't show up. You know, you invite me to dinner, I'll say yes. Being late is one thing, but like not showing up is a whole different thing altogether. Well, I'll be like oh, you're having a dinner party, yes. If it's not the two of us, then I'll say yes. And then I'll be like, there'll be five other people there. I'm just not going to show up. But I'm like, can you imagine what I was doing energetically and with relationships in my world? Yes, I can. I can. (laughs) 
I'm so glad you realized that. I love that you put language around that, like, and likened it and, and linked it with money. You know, what's coming up for me is that what I was doing when I think about it energetically is that, and it's, and here's the irony. I was never in debt. I paid off my debt when I was 22. I had a little bit of school debt and I just, I paid it off like this. But my place was that I was stuck. I was always capping myself at a certain level because I was trying to be too controlling. Mm -hmm. I was trying to control the outcome. And so by doing the quote unquote right things, I got to a certain point, but then it was like I was putting a dam on the river of abundance and saying, okay, but I did all the things and now we are complete. And it was, and then I would always wonder like, why does it feel restricted? I felt a restriction in my life because restricting yourself energetically. Yes, showing up in your business, it was showing up in your finances because yeah, that would also yeah that that also because you're like I will not spend more than X amount on ABCD. I always say that. Yes. That like there's so many people that go, I won't ever spend more than X amount on a bag, more than X amount on shoes, more than X amount on coaching, on courses, on this. Like you're restricting yourself. So you literally teaching the universe that you have restrictions. So it will show those restrictions are going to show up in every area of your life. Yes. You have a hard time also going beyond because energetically you you're tapped into the energy of restriction so yes. your entire life has to reflect that energy of restriction and feeling stuck yes and you know what happened to me uh Vengile, is that I ended up then I swung the pendulum okay so one of the things I did is then I was like well I'm just gonna invest in everything because now if I don't invest then I started I started oh. making it transactional because I was like if I don't invest then I'm limiting my resources. And then I swung too far. And then to be quite honest, I did invest in things that I felt a maybe and not a hell yes about, like what you were referring to earlier. And then I would be like, but I have to do it because if I say no right now to this, then what am I else am I saying no to? And then I got caught up in all of that. And then finally I was like, no, that's not working either. (laughs) Right? Then it's like, holy crap, did I ever spend like $150,000, $200,000 on personal growth? Like, No, I don't have to do that. And I've come to this balance where, yes, now I follow the hell yes. Mm -hmm. My hell yes question too, I'll add another um, really tactical thing that I do is I ask the deathbed question. So when something comes in front of me, I ask myself on my deathbed, will I regret not having done this? Yes. And then the answer to that gives me the answer. Like it's always really clear because sometimes I'll be like, I, I'm not going to care on my deathbed, but other times I'm going to, I'll think I'll ask that question. I'll be like, yeah, on my deathbed, I'll be like, I'm so glad I did that. So now I follow that so that I don't have to spend all my money. I'm not the universe. I'm not playing a game with the universe. What I do now is if I love it, if it's the hell yes, if it answers the deathbed question easily, then I'm going to get it. And the money always shows up. Always. Yes. I love that. Oh, that's so powerful. Like, yeah, that is one of my big, big things now. It's like my word is my bond. And I always say to people, 
if if I'm saying yes to something, I know I'm gonna do it. And I'll even yes. say I'll even say to people, can I please get X amount of time before I do that? If I know that oh it's taking me longer to do something that I said yes to it, I'll go and I'll renegotiate and I'll say, ooh, I still want to be part of this. Can I have more time to do A, B, C, D? I think that is just so important because like I said, honestly, I call what I call it is just not creating energetic debt in the universe where the universe yes. this is what has to happen. And because I don't want that debt to be taken out of my finances that it's a balance, you know, and I always use the example of say, for example, crazy example, but I always say to people, sometimes um, take, for example, where I'm stealing from a company, right? Mm. So let's okay, that's a big example. Story. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like a random example, right? But we're talking about money. Say I'm an employee in a company and my job is to manage money and then I'm stealing from the company in some way and I'm taking money from people in this company and Mm -hmm. um, it's small little amounts of money but let's say that the owner of that company was using that money to put a child her daughter through university that's why she was doing this thing sometimes I say the thing is what I've learned from the universe is that it doesn't mean that money will always be taken out from my, uh, from my account because I've stolen money, I'll lose money. Sometimes what you lose is the thing that you have denied the other person by stealing that thing, Ooh, right? So it's like, mm. because I have stolen that, suddenly I'm wondering, why is my daughter not able to get into all these universities and why is she not getting all these opportunities? Suddenly my daughter was going to get maybe a scholarship, but then she loses the scholarship and then I'm forced to pay for her university fees, which is way more than what I was going to be paying than what I was stealing to begin with. Right. So Mm -hmm. the universe is still taking something, but because I denied another person as daughter ease with university with them going through university somehow that is taken from me in return so it's not always money in the way that we think of it that someone will come and steal money from me but it's still in other ways so this is how I've learned that like it's a karmic thing and I call it money karma and we don't even realize this so I'm like it just works in your favor to be, to do all, to honor your word and to just act within integrity because you don't know how it's all going to play out, you know? Mm. That's so powerful. I'm really, I'm just taking all of that in because I just got chills thinking like how it can come back in ways that you just, you have no idea. And mm. That piece is so key. Like I've never thought about it in that way. I mean, I, and I, I'm actually sitting here in a lot of gratitude because my mom, you know, I was referring to her earlier about the integrity. Mm-hmm. She is, she wouldn't even allow me if we found a penny on the street, she would say, you can't pick that up because it's not yours. Oh, that wow. is not yours. And yeah. I actually had to kind of take that as a money story later on in life to also understand that sometimes we are given things right because my piece was around restriction yeah. yes. but, oh, wow. right 
So, so it is nuanced, but the integrity piece, that is one thing that between what my mom taught me and my dad, like always saying, if somebody calls you, you have to return their call back. You can like, I I feel like I got those things and now I'm making this connection of, Ooh, okay. Yes. Energetically, the integrity piece has kept me going. (laughs) So I'm happy about that. And now letting go of the restriction piece. So it's so important, I think, for each of us to really see like where we energetically are either closing the opportunity and also acknowledging where we are opening things too, because that's just as important as well to recognize where are the places that we are allowing um, things to come in and where are we closing? So I'm just, I'm getting so much just listening. To oh my gosh. I'm getting so mm-hmm. much from this as well. Like I love what you said about the restrictions because actually I hear this a lot in the personal development industry and also with myself, how people started to up level when they started to allow themselves to spend more on themselves. Yes. So I'm like, that is also where my shift started to happen when I stopped looking for the cheapest of coaches, courses, cheapest dresses, everything. When I yes. that restriction, the restriction on my life started, things started to just lift and shift. That is just so profound because I've actually believe yes. it or not, never made the connection with restriction until this podcast because I'm like, Oh my God, that's also an energy. It is, it is. And that, you know, that, that was so my archetype. That was me. I would walk to, and I still do it. And I have to catch myself when I would enter into a store, I would go straight back to the clearance section. That's yeah. it. Oh my God. Yes. You only, like I have people that say we only enter a store when there's a sale, you know, mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. We all love a bargain. We all love sales. We all love clearance. It's when you only buy things when they're on sale. You only buy things. That's the thing. That is the cap. It's the only, you know? Yes. Go above this amount. Yes. It's like that is just restriction, restriction, restriction. Yes. Oh my God. I have to tell you this story. I have to tell you the story. So I, um, what I have learned about money and this whole restriction piece is that again, it goes back to when I first say the yes, mm. the universe will always respond in turn. If I, so I'm going to give a shopping example, cause we're in there. If I walk to the clearance section, that's all I'm going to get. But mm. when I was doing a photo shoot last year, I was, I had the vision in my mind of what I wanted my dress to be. And I could not find it. I was searching online. I was going store after store after store. Okay. I'm like, I know it's somewhere. So I walk into Saks Fifth Avenue, which is one of the poshest stores in the U.S. It sells like only the top designers. It is like literally a place I would never shop in. Okay. Like never. Like so I walk- never go in there. I had I've had to stop myself over the years from doing that. Like I will never go into that store because it is too highly priced for me. And like, yes, ridiculous. Like again, restrictions. Why do that? Why do that? Exactly. So I go in. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. So I go into like the evening wear section, and across the room, I see 
this pops of fuchsia and purple and pinks like mm-hmm. popping out at me in this like tool and I look and I'm like I oh my god I think that's it and so I walk over to it and I pull the dress out and it is the dress that I had in my vision literally the divine inspiration that came to me and I was like <gasps> I was, and in that moment, I said to myself, I will pay whatever this dress costs. I will pay it. I will get it. It is mine. And so literally we're in Saks Fifth Avenue. So it is a designer dress, a beautiful Marquesa Mm -hmm. knot dress, who now I know is a beautiful designer of dresses. That dress, I'll just tell people who like prices. It was originally a $2,500 dress, which to me wow. is so much, okay? I don't buy that kind of money dresses. Literally by the end, by the time we found out exactly how much it would be, it was $250. I'm kidding. But I'm not shocked because this literally happened to me last weekend where I was shopping for this, this crazy like artsy dress. It's blue and white and it like has a sailorish feel slash 80s feel and I went into the shop and I looked at the dress about two weeks ago I was like I'm gonna get this dress and then when I went back they were like oh you're in luck we now have a 50% off sale <gasps> on the dress that's how it happens oh. that's how it happens right like it, it's, exactly. it's just I about that yes. I decided I'm gonna get this dress and then last weekend I was like okay that's it I'm going to get this dress I can't stop thinking about it walked into the shop and the woman was like wow this just went 50 percent off I was like this is crazy (laughs) yes and that's that's how it works I mean it's just to me it's so fascinating and it 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 for me is always do I love it I just say the yes that moment saying I will take this however like whatever it costs and then the universe is like here you go it's so easy and I was like okay here's my credit card and and yep. the photos turned out beautifully, like all, all of it. It's about trusting the bigger vision. It's not about the dollars and the cents or, you know, I'm speaking in a very American way, the whatever your currency is. <laughs> Rand and cents, but like yes. this podcast luckily enough has people from all over the world that listen to it. <laughs> so that's awesome. But yeah, oh my God, Shazia, you've given us so much today. Wow, what a powerful, powerful podcast, which I had no doubt would be this powerful. So uh, my last question, my second last question to you is, um, do you have one exercise that people can do to, if someone is limiting themselves in that way and is in the energy of restriction, I'm now calling mm-hmm. it restriction. Yes. <laughs> people are limiting themselves that way. What is the one exercise that you would leave them with to say they should go try this to help them start shifting out of that what is the one thing that worked for you yeah you know it's really related to the buying the thing that you love so one very tactical thing actually go to the store um, Mm -hmm. or buy the thing that you have been eyeing just get it just Mm -hmm. do it just say yes to it Whatever it is, it might be a program, it might be a class that, you know, that you're like, that's too expensive for a class, but I love dancing. Go join it. Go to the store and don't go to the sales section. Like you already know that thing that you want. So for the beautiful listener right now, 
you know what that thing is. Yes. Go get it. Go get just, it. just do it. And then keep using that muscle. For those of us in the restriction energy, you will not understand the magic of the flow of money until you actually take the risk to not restrict yourself. Mm. When you take that risk, yeah. And I know, and again, people with restrictive energy I already know you're not going to go out there and run and buy 10 or a hundred things. I already know that about you. It's going to be hard enough for that one thing. <laughs> so that's why I'm not worried. You're going to go get into some huge debt. Allow yourself to get that one thing and then watch how the money appears. It will come in a magical way, or you'll get a deal you didn't expect, or something else will open up. You have to take the risk first. You have to show the universe that you are ready to trust because risk is actually trusting. Mm -hmm. And then you will see how the universe responds in kind. So go get that thing. Ooh, I'm loving this so, so much. Then the <laughs> final question is, how do people get hold of you, Shazia? And please also uh, give us the link to your podcast. All this will be in the show notes. So guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on iTunes or Podbean or Spotify, look at the show notes. All these details will be on there as well. But please do give them to us, Shazia. Perfect. So the first thing is I actually have a guest for every, I have a gift for your guests. <laughs> We've been talking so long. I have a gift. I have a gift. Oh, so <laughs> it's so related to what we've been talking about. So it's my hundred dreams list template. It's the Ooh. same template I filled out to start bringing my dreams to life. Mm -hmm. um, and you can grab that at the lifeengineer.com slash dreams. Mm -hmm. That will also get you connected to me. It will get you the template. It's my gift to you because you get to dream and that dream gets to turn into reality. So I am also on all the places. I'm on Instagram at The Life Engineer. My website is thelifeengineer.com. I'm on Facebook at Shazia T-L-E. And um, my podcast, as we've mentioned, is Feminine and Fulfilled. It's fantastic. You can find it anywhere podcasts are played. So I would love, love, love for you to connect with me in all of the ways. But I would really love if you started dreaming. So grab that Dreamfuls template. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's one of the first things I also did when I started the journey was to write down 100 dreams. Um, yes. Really, I was looking at it the other day, and one of the dreams was to be able to gift uh, my parents separately vacations. And I realized that I've done that for my mother, and now like I'm dreaming up a vacation for my dad. You know, so I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been like, and I was very, very specific about the kind of vacations I want to gift them, and because my, my mom loves massages and things like that, so she got like mm -hmm. two weeks, a two week retreat and time with five hour massages every single day and <sighs> like good Thai food and everything and then she got to come to Sri Lanka and stay in a five-star hotel right on the ocean with ocean views everything I was like oh my god I didn't even know it was just you know the dream was that but 
there have been just so many and some of them are just like simple dreams like learn how to do yes. a handstand or yes like that. exactly it doesn't have to be a big big dream you know it doesn't. I think one of my dreams on the dreams list was getting chocolate chip dunkers from Trader Joe's, which is this grocery store here. That was on my list too. It's not about the magnitude of the dream. It's yeah. about expressing your dream and then living it. And some are easy, like you can go to the grocery store and buy cookies. And some were really big. One of my dreams was, it's my turn. I wrote that as a dream. Oh, wow. It's my turn. Because wow. I, and I didn't know how to make that happen, but then that came to life too, because it, it, it's been my turn. It's been your turn. It's been everybody's mm -hmm. turn who's on here. Yeah. So your dreams can be whatever it is that's meaningful to you. Yes. Wow. That is so powerful. One of the dreams, funny enough, because I read, I wrote these when podcasts were still becoming a thing, was run a podcast, have a podcast. <gasps> sets me on fire I know like I've been reading like so I read these once a year and this year I read it and I'm always like so mind blown by how this is happening without me having to look at this and be like this is what I'm gonna do I'm just like this thing is just happening I don't even bother myself it just happens so yes. guys we get that 100 dreams template it is so so powerful I'm so glad that Shazia is giving this to you guys as why as a gift and if you are enjoying this podcast and you're like oh my god these podcasts are live they're so incredible please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and leave us a review tell us what you've loved about this podcast um, and even this particular episode, right? And go leave us a comment on Podbean and on YouTube. So grateful for all the incredible comments that you guys are leaving on YouTube. Do continue with that. And of course, follow us on Podbean as well. So, and share with family and friends. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you ever so much to Shazia for an incredible podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I loved coming on. Thank you for creating the space so that we can share and in such a beautiful way. So thank you. Yeah. And guys, I'll see you <laughs> next week. Have a fantastic week further. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.